welcome to Picks with the Professor NFL Edition Week 14. Uh, I'm reminded of the scene in Anchorman where uh, Veronica does the news and uh, Steve Carell's mm-hmm. character is like, you're not Ron. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I feel like people will hear this should be like, you're not Jake. Yeah. Because uh, of Jared nah. hopping in. Yeah. Talk NFL for the, the first and, and maybe only time, maybe not. I mean, like who yeah. knows? Like maybe, maybe Jake, you know, yeah. has some other plans during a week later on, on like a Tuesday and Wednesday night and you have to do it again. Who knows? Right. I don't know his life. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there's a first time for everything. Um, there's also always a last time for everything. And so who's sometimes, sometimes a second time for everything. Sometimes not. Right? Yes. Not yes. Kind of more so who, who's to say, um, <laughs> It's unlikely that I can improve upon what has been done on this show so far. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I'm just here to kind of keep things going and not screw anything up. Yep. That is your job is, uh, you know, just keep, uh, you know, keep the car going, keep the, keep the train moving along. Mm -hmm. As you can see on screen, a grade sides with a 26% ROI. Cousin Jared, we had a 14% ROI on our three A grade sides last week. And the season long ROI decreased because that's what happens when you've been mm. record shop like we have. Yeah. Uh, overall sides have been great for us. Totals have been well, only one and two last week, unfortunately, but still a 16% ROI on the totals that we've covered here on this show or over on TikTok slash Instagram. Again, the links for that are in the show description. I post those out on Twitter as well. And I drop those links in uh, either the Discord or, or, or on Dub Club. So, so they should be getting out to everybody, <clears throat> all those extra totals uh, that we do. So, yeah, again, your job just to kind of keep things rolling. And, of course, we've teased it. We've talked about it on multiple other shows. But the reason why you're here is that last game, Army yeah. Navy, to talk yeah. about that one. Because yeah. uh, we'll have to figure out. Can't pass up the opportunity to talk about America. For sure. For sure. And obviously, again, our, our, our gratitude to those at Army and Navy playing football mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and basketball and other sports that they're doing. And then they, yeah. uh, or even if they're not playing sports and, and go on to, to serve our yeah. country. So our, yeah. our, our gratitude toward towards yeah. them, because obviously that's something that I could not do personally. Nope. Um, but we've got five NFL games covered before that. Because we have to we have to figure out a bowl schedule, what we're going to do for that. I don't know exactly between the YouTube shows and Dub Club what we're going to do for college football. We'll have to, we'll have yeah, to and, and the driving factor behind that is going to be when do we feel like we're going to know who's playing and who's not? Uh, because that's the most important thing for, for these bowls. It, it really is, and, and we have a player-based model here, and that's part of the reason why we've been so successful in the NFL is being able to know. I mean, there's even injuries on day one, unfortunately, and saying who's there and who's not, and that helps us uh, you know, navigate what are tricky waters for most people. What was tricky waters for me personally yeah. before I created yeah. the model? I wasn't able to just look at this and be profitable betting the NFL until I built the model. Yeah. Um, and uh, of course, that player-based model for college football coming in handy for opt-out season. We may not do any college football shows. I don't know if we will or not. Um, sure. We will. I've mentioned this to our people on Dub Club, though. We will be updating the probabilities, the projections, and making the official picks 24 to 48 hours ahead of time once we know who's playing and who's not, other than a few exceptions. And that's where I mean, we, may, we may do one show where we're kind of like, these are the ones we feel the best about. We've already locked in one pick for our people over on Dub Club that I was like, we just got to lock this one in. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. So maybe this will be our last college football talking of the season. Maybe not. We don't know. But but, yeah. but over on Dub Club, we'll have a pick uh, and a projection again on every single bowl game. Uh, but 
right now we're here to talk about the NFL, of course. But before we do, a reminder, if you want to get all that action on Dub Club, you can sign up. The link in the description, whether it's this one or the other shows, always get you $5 off your first month. QR code there on screen if you're with us on YouTube and want to scan. And again, you lock in the current pricing. Some of you aren't watching college basketball. You're here and you watch baseball. Lock in the current pricing for all of next year and beyond rather than the prices going up. So you'll want to take advantage of that this month. And if you're going to do it this month, you might as well just do it now and get in on all the bowl information, all the NFL stuff, and all the college basketball stuff. But again, here to talk about week 14 of the NFL, Rams and Ravens starting off. Ravens, according to sideline, the third best team right now. Cowboys being second, looking really good. But of course, the 49ers just running away with number one, the way that they have been playing yep. after that little, you know, skid they had, uh, you know, playing, you know, being healthy now and looking. That helped. That helped so many good players and they're all healthy. Yes. They have a lot of good players and they're all healthy. Um, that definitely bodes well for them. Who knows if they'll be in the same form come February, but for right now, they look pretty good. But the Ravens best team in the AFC and AFC that's gotten a little bit wide open. You know, Miami's had some struggles. Buffalo's had obviously a lot of struggles. Uh, you know, the Jaguars and Texans are kind of there, but probably not the best teams in the AFC. Um, you know, Wide open AFC, the Ravens, according to the sideline, the team to beat, though. Model says average margin of victory in this game for the Ravens is 10. And so we're going to lay seven with Baltimore. It's a C-grade pick. Cousin Jerry, this is right on the, the borderline of where we would take money line or lay the points. Um, as we've always talked about, there's no perfect right answer. Every situation's, you know, a little bit different. We try to have and guidelines because I just don't want to make decisions, especially with college basketball. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to go through each one and say which one would I want. So I'm just coding in something specifically. But we come here on show and talk about specific games. We can kind of talk about which one we like more or less. I don't necessarily mind laying some odds if the math justifies it. This is one where I don't mind laying the points because West Coast team traveling to the East Coast early time slot just doesn't typically do well. It doesn't mm -hmm. always happen that way, but they tend to struggle. You even saw it a little bit last week with the Chargers going to the Patriots and struggling. They yeah. covered, but they also only scored six points. Yeah. So in this one, we're going to lay the seven with Baltimore. It's only a C-grade pick with regards to value according to the model, but it's definitely one that's going to be in my portfolio in some way, shape, or form. Because Jared, what do you got? Yeah, you mentioned the the West Coast team uh, coming east. Always uh, like that spot for the East Coast team, um, for sure. The other thing I would say, Ravens coming off of a bye here, had a week to get a little bit rested up, get a little bit of extra time to prepare for the Rams. The Rams, uh, last time they played, looking great against the Browns. Of course, you know, Sands, uh, you know, decent quarterback for the Browns, but putting up 36 points on the Browns defense, nothing to yeah. scoff at at all. But I feel like if there's anything that we have learned uh, with the NFL is that as soon as you think a team's good, um, they will be brought back to earth. And that goes for just about any team who's not one of the very tip top teams and um, the Rams sneaking up uh, the, those rankings, but still yeah. uh, not one of the tip top teams here. Uh, the other thing, and, and when I saw this matchup, it kind of reminded me of uh, the Lions game where the, the Lions came into Baltimore earlier in the season, got a lot of hype around that one. 
uh, the Ravens wipe the floor with them. And then similar, similarly, the Seahawks, uh, you talked about West Coast team going east, the uh, Seahawks going into Baltimore and also uh, thoroughly getting waxed in that game. So I just think that this is a real tough spot for the Rams um, coming off that big win against the Browns, but having to go on the road, go to the opposite coast against a team that just coming off by um, lay the seven points here with Baltimore people. We often talk about, you know, all models are wrong. Some models are useful. And again, we think we've got a pretty useful model here. Um, but we talk about margins of error. Um, the 49ers are so far out in front. You, one could argue that they are outside of the margin of error for being the best team in the NFL. But there's no <laughs> margin of error that could include anybody else. They are the best. Yeah. Um, but in the NFL, you tend to think about tiers of teams and – you know, two through five uh, are, are reasonably close. Two through five are all within a field goal. Then there is more than a field goal gap to number six, but then six through 13 are all within a field goal. Mm. And that's where the Rams fall in this category. And so there's a real yeah. tier difference between these two teams. And that's, I kind of think yeah. what matters when you look at the NFL is like you said, the Rams are sneaking up. The Rams are sneaking up because like, who else is it? Like, the Eagles are, are winning, but they haven't looked good. They're in this six through 13. The Texans, they definitely still have their warts, though. The yep. Chiefs, like offense has really struggled. And then last week, their defense struggled a little bit. The, the Packers maybe are climbing up in that. Like the Lions are still probably good, but they haven't looked as good. So it's like this, this six through 13 are, are the teams that are like, okay, I think you're good, but also like, I don't know 100%. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the Rams have gotten up into that tier now, but like they could fall right back out of it because yeah. that's the sort of stuff that's happened with the NFL. The, the teams who've been in the six through 13 type tier, it's not been the same teams all year. There's been some teams coming it, up and down it, into it. Yeah, and see, great for you, viewer, because you're going to get like all of my NFL hot takes in like 45 minutes that I've been sitting <laughs> on all season. Uh, you you said, did you say like six through 14, eight through 14? What was the range? Six through 13. Okay, six through 13. Dang, I was going to say, you want to know who's right there on the precipice of that? Denver. Denver. And after the way, after the way that Denver started the season, giving up That's a billion points, uh, the Dolphins yeah. are still yeah. scoring points in that game. Yeah, and <laughs> like that, that just shows you how. You know, yeah. the, the middle to bottom of the NFL yep. this season has just been crazy. I mean, Denver was probably 29th, 30th, something like that. Yeah. And now all the way back up to, to 14th. So, yeah. yeah four, just, 14th. That's, that's what I was going to say. If the Rams get crushed here, like, I think you're going to flip them for Denver in this tier. Yeah. And then they may get crushed and fall right back out. Because that's just been the way. Yeah. That's yeah. the way the NFL is, right? It's not like it's yeah. just this year. It, it, it's yeah. just, you know, now that we've had this specific model, we can kind of see how this model handles it yeah. and uh, and does it. But, yeah, there's a, there's only a physical gap between these teams and the Rams. And they're good. But traveling West yeah. Coast to East Coast against one of those teams in that that yep. second tier two through five, which are the teams that yep. we, we think firmly are the best teams in football yep. behind the 49ers uh, can create a, a tier mismatch. And that's when you want to lay the points here. So Baltimore minus seven C grade again, only a C grade value according to the model, but, but when I, I really yeah. like having and, and another one like that Carolina and new Orleans, um, you know, we've been down on this, Panthers team all season. They're up to number 31, mainly because Washington is down to 32 because mm. the model's like, okay, Washington's going to do something. And they're like, no, we're going to be like 20 points worse than that. And then the next week we're like, the model's like, okay, they're going to do something. And they're like 20 points worse than that. And they just keep doing that. So at some point, like, what do you do? Right. It's, it's the opposite yeah. of, it's the opposite problem we have with Penn state football where it's like, they keep crushing teams. You have to move them up. Like, even yeah. if I know they aren't the best team, like <laughs> 
what do you do yeah. when they keep covering by a bunch, right? Washington's yeah. the opposite yeah. of that. But so Carolina up to number 31. Carolina's still fighting hard, I, I guess. I mean, they covered last week against Tampa Bay, only losing by three, or they pushed the closing number. Um, you know, the week before, they, they missed out on the cover by four or five points. I mean, they're at least you know, still playing. The issue, of course, with them is this is a quarterback-driven league and sideline still has Bryce Young as the 32nd best quarterback. And of course, there are only 32 teams. And so that doesn't make for the worst offense in football because they do have a couple of other pieces there, but it makes for not a good one. The defense at number 23, again, as we've talked about all season with them, the defense is probably slightly better than that. But when they're constantly on the field, constantly in bad situations, just easier to make mistakes. And so what are you going to do, right? They, they mm-hmm. are giving up points in situations that they they probably shouldn't because their offense is so bad. And so it kind of is a downward spiral for them. New Orleans, not much better, but still better. Mm-hmm. And we're expecting Derek Carr not to play in this one. Uh, I have him listed as doubtful. Uh, is what I've inputted in it. It sounds like it's going to be Jameis Winston. It is a downgrade. It's not the biggest downgrade. Sideline still says New Orleans wins 71% of the time. I just, at this point, want to fade Carolina every time I can on the road. New Orleans is a pretty good home field advantage. Rookie quarterback, terrible quarterback on the road. I mean, it doesn't seem like a situation where he's going to have some success. So at this point, just sign me up for as much fading of Carolina as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's try to let's try to ride this cash cow as long as we can. Because what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so first of all, you talked about Jameis Winston not being too much of a downgrade uh, from Derek Carr. Um you know, I think Jameis Winston, turnover prone. But if there's anybody who's just as likely to throw a backbreaking interception in the red zone, it is also Derek Carr. And so I am not sure that that is a, a big downgrade to to your point. Um, the Carolina thing. Carolina's bad. Um, Bryce Young is bad, which makes me sad. As a somebody who was a great college quarterback there, I hate to see him go to the NFL and, and struggle. Um, but I would recommend anybody go uh, read the article on the athletic this week that talked about what some of the stuff that may have been going on in Carolina's locker room uh, this, this season. And it was just not a good situation. It was described as like the hunger games uh, with the <laughs> manager trying the, or excuse me, the owner trying to micromanage the, the team. And then there being a kind of a, like the other coaches get an idea that, Hey, this wasn't going to last very long. So I want to be on the owner's good side here and some of the other coaches then texting the owner behind the head coach's back. And anyway, it's just a bad situation. Um, Carolina's not good. The situation in Carolina, I would say, even with Reich being fired, still not good. Not a good situation in the locker room. Uh, New Orleans, one of the uh, few places, in my opinion, where home field still really matters. Uh, crowd's always really good there in New Orleans. Bryce Young has had a rough season. He has been sacked 44 times. Uh, he's probably going to be sacked a few more times in, in this game. And I don't think this is a spot where Carolina can kind of get things rolling again. Uh, not in New Orleans with, um, you know, our boy not showing much improvement at, at, at quarterback. So uh, wish that Bryce was doing better, but I think it may, be, it may kind of maybe is what it is for this season. Yeah. I think it is for the season and right. I, I want to caution people on not, you know, try not to have two dumb takes out there, right? Like he may always be a terrible quarterback. He may not, right? We don't know. He mm-hmm. wouldn't be the first quarterback ever to struggle in his first year. So I, I try to say that a lot. Yeah. That, that I don't, I don't know if this was the worst trade in NFL history. Um, it might go down that way. <laughs> that mm-hmm. It's on the table, especially considering, um, 
you know, that they not only gave away what they did, but then they took the wrong quarterback because CJ Stroud looks like the real deal. You know, the quarterback, uh, and I, I, you know, talk about Malcolm Gladwell, who's a brilliant author and uh, mm-hmm. a guy I love reading, listening to. And, and he's talked a lot about the quarterback problem in the NFL, that there's like no way to figure it out, that there's no we've tried all these variables, <laughs> all these yeah. metrics, everything. Like we just can't figure it out. Like it's yeah. just such a different game that the, the job you're being prepared for, we don't know. And so, right. It's not to say, uh, you know, that's, I think the argument for why the Patriots have been so good for so long, um, partially Brady, but partially um, just being like, we don't know what's going to happen in the draft. So let's trade down and get more shots on goal. Right. Mm-hmm. And that that's the argument for that strategy is picking a quarterback's impossible. Like, you know, don't mortgage your future for a gamble, you know, and, and that sort of thing. But all, all that to say, right, we don't necessarily know. I, I hear a lot of hot takes out there. What we know this year is that he's terrible. And that's really all that matters yeah. for us. Yeah. Betting it. Yeah. And maybe he gets better later. Maybe he doesn't. We'll figure it out, Lynn. But for now, it, it's not good. And on the road in this environment, uh, it does not bode well. Because, uh, you know, this may be a really low scoring game. And I think now is a good time to talk about the Thursday night game, which is also supposed yeah. to be a low scoring game. The total in this one's 30, which for an NFL game or college game, I guess it doesn't really matter. That's mm-hmm. wild to have a total of 30. That's not weather impacted. The total in Jacksonville, Cleveland is 30 and a half, but we are expecting some nasty weather there. Like it may be just sloshed, wet, windy. Uh, the total for the Texans game, which we're talking about next is 33 and we're expecting really high winds, potentially maybe a bunch of rain as well. We don't really know, but like you've got weather spots there. The total for new England Pittsburgh is 30 without weather. The weather's going to be fine in Pittsburgh here on Thursday night. Uh, So I just have to ask you how excited you are as a person who loves unders loves sicko football. I mean, you loved, Uh Iowa, Nebraska. So how excited are you for New England, Pittsburgh in a total of 30? Uh, New England has sapped any joy out of an under. I mean, that is just awful. I mean, it is truly, truly awful. Even I, like, you know, you you like Iowa because it's like, what's Iowa's defense going to do to carry the day today what Mm -hmm. crazy special teams play are we going to see and i can't believe i'm saying this about a bill bill belichick team but like you got nothing i mean you got nothing from new england and and so like they were even like some of the defenses when uh you know i don't know 10 years ago i don't know when it was when it seemed like new england was just getting like a, a special teams touchdown or a defensive touchdown like every week which it seems like they did for you know every other year for a decade um I, it's just nothing pleasant, like nothing, nothing pleasant. And Pittsburgh somehow seven and five, maybe one of the most unpleasant seven and five teams mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I have ever seen. That is just going to be like, if there is a game that screams Thursday night football, it is new England and Pittsburgh. <laughs> These two teams. Yeah. I, uh, I think the fact that something has happened to take the joy out of an honor from you. It, it, yeah. It, saying something. it just, it speaks volumes. Yeah. Uh, one PM Eastern. Texans at the Jets. I mean, cousin Jared, I've got the Texans here at number six. Again, as we talked about earlier, uh, and I kind of set the stage for this, right? It's sixth, pretty far behind number five and mm-hmm. barely ahead of 13. It's it's within a field goal there. So to say the Texans are sixth is not to say that they are necessarily the sixth best team. They are just barely in top of the tier of teams that are six through 13, mm-hmm. um, which I think is pretty reasonable. Whether they're six or eight or 12, they're one of the better teams in football. Um, 
the model likes their defense. The model likes their offense. I mean, there's just not much not to like about this Houston team other than the fact that they play in too many close games. Uh, but they perform well, seemingly week in and week out. Um, you know, losing Tank Dell is going to hurt, but it just seems with that offense, they just find a new receiver every week, as crazy yep. as that sounds. And, uh, you know, I've been preaching all season this Texans team um, almost from week one that this team was actually pretty good. So I feel like I've got a pretty good seat on the bandwagon. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. still space. There's still space left. The seats are getting pretty rough far to the back, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's still space on this Texans bandwagon. Uh, cousin Jared, we're backing him again here. Minus 190, a grade pick. Uh, you know, the jets defense is good. The offense isn't. And now we're back to Zach Wilson, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, seeing that Houston's offense, you have rated a 108, not surprising. Seeing Houston's defense rated an 86, basically this exact same as the Jets, who, who everybody, I feel like, obviously, because of their ineptitude on offense, has a lot of respect for yeah. what the Jets do defensively. Um, don't feel like Houston gets that much attention for their defense. Um, you know, it's all about C.J. Stroud, and rightfully so, but yeah. – it's almost like the head coach in Houston was a defensive coordinator for a mm. great defense and, you mm. know, was one of the best mm-hmm. defensive players in Houston Texans, uh, you know, franchise history. So, and, and, and not only that was a, such a good defensive coordinator that before he came head coach, there were a lot of people in the NFL being like, this guy's going to be a great head coach. Like, yeah. 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 It's almost like some things are easy. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, great. A lot of respect for Houston. I mean, Obviously, the amount of faith I have in C.J. Stroud is leaps and bounds higher than what I have in Zach Wilson. And at what point can we just say that, like, is it possible that Zach Wilson is the most emotionally tough person in the Mm. world? Yes, Mm. it is possible (laughs) that he is that. But on the off chance he's not, how many times can we yo-yo back and forth? with mm. somebody like this where it's you're the starter you're not the starter we're signing aaron Rodgers. wait now you're the starter again now you're not the starter but now you're the starter again but nothing's changed i i, I just like we have a large enough sample size now to say i do not think this is going to be the week that zach wilson turns it around um so yeah i i, I love Houston, but i will also admit i am like irrationally in on this texans team so uh, they have been so good to us this season. Um, I just have a lot of faith in them, more faith than they probably deserve, but I just have so much faith in them and absolutely zero faith. Um, the, the Jets, I have like a half percent more faith than I have in the New England offense, if that tells you anything. It's a, uh, and you mentioned, you know, not being the week you think that Zach Wilson figures it out. And I would say uh, against, specifically against a Texans defense that the model has had a great read on. And, and viewer, you may be sitting there saying, how in the world are the Texans the fifth best defense? Again, I would, I would argue maybe the difference between some of these defenses a little closer than you think. And it's that tier thing. Yeah. I haven't looked into enough to, to know that. But, but here's what I will say is that going back to week 10, uh, I'm just going to kind of compare what the model projected and what the Texans allowed to kind of show you like the model's been just spot on on this defense. And in week 10, it projected they would allow 25.7 points to Cincinnati. They allowed 27. I mean, being off by 1.3 is pretty good. Yeah. In week 11, it projected they would allow 20.3 points to the Cardinals. They allowed 16. So they actually did mm. better, not by a lot, but better. 
Yeah. Uh, week 12, it projected they would allow 23.9 points to the Jaguars. They allowed 24. Mm. I mean, that's about as spot on as you could get. And then last week against Denver, it projected 20.1, and they allowed 17. So the model's been either spot on or they've done better. That's why the model has them up the high. It's like saying, basically, it's rewarding them, saying, like, you're doing exactly what we expect or better. And so I don't know. The, the model here says that they should allow um, what a grand total of – I moved away from it here. Um, 12, no, 12.7 points to the Jets. And so take it to why the bank. would we doubt it? Yeah, yeah. Well, take, take it, it to the bank. And honestly, like 12.7, you're like, yeah, doesn't that seem right? Yeah. <laughs> like with yeah. the Jets' does, offense? It does like, seem right, yeah. Um, there is some potential weather mentioned that um, you know the model's keeping an eye on that, and the model does know about the weather and we'll just this one's more one to keep an eye on i think a couple of the other spots are more we know the weather's gonna be bad this one is it's probably gonna be windy and if anything it's gonna not help zach wilson even more um yeah. it might be really sloppy wet so that's yeah. something else to keep an eye on here with this weather but either way houston minus 190 a grade value they've been good to us so far all the season and and yep. the market just isn't catching up to the fact that the Texans team is for real which is surprising considering how good of a story they are Yep. How much hype they're getting, but yet here we are. Yep. To the afternoon slot, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, Buffalo and Kansas City. Uh, Bills, good, better than their record. I think if you looked at any advanced metric, everybody knows that. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't really think it was Ken Dorsey's fault necessarily. I think it was just some bad turnover luck, some bad timing. Uh, there have been people who chronicle it better than I can, you know, the the bad luck that the, the Bills had. So they're still a very good team. She's still a good team. At this point now, the offense and defense grading out pretty similar, which again is crazy to say, but but I'm, I'm you know, the, the Chiefs defense has made just a heck of a turnaround here. The offense last week looked better than the defense but that's been not really the trend you can see the pace there the chiefs have been a little bit below average the pace in the nfl unless you're at the extremes doesn't really matter too much the model says this should be a pretty run-of-the-mill game that the chiefs defense is good enough to slow down this bill's offense and that the bill's defense is very good and can slow down this chief's offense says nothing to see here average number of points in a football game in the nfl's in the 43 44 range mm -hmm. so 42.8 this total is 49 and a half. Mm. I don't quite know why it's so high. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to go under uh, that number of 48 and a half. I might have typed in the wrong number there. 48 and a half, 49 and a half. Uh, 48 is your key number. And so that's what we want to make sure we get in on the under there. Um, Cousin Jared, the thing that I wanted to, and I'll, I'll update the banner here for us here to make sure it's all on the right page here, under 48 and a half. Um, the thing that I want to point out about this game, is two weeks ago, we faded the Chiefs and had the under. Last week, we faded the Chiefs and had the under. Mm -hmm. And that's been a mixed bag. I think both unders, I think, missed by under six points. And the reason I know that is because the last two weeks, I have teased the team playing the Chiefs and the under, and it's won both of these weeks mm -hmm. because I believe there's a little bit of a correlation here. I believe that makes the teaser a little more valuable. And in both times, I was getting through some key numbers on the side. Teasing totals is not necessarily uh, the 
um, something you want to do all the time. You really want to pick your spots if you're doing it. And the reason I'm doing it with the side here is specifically because I think there's a correlation there. It's the same reason you would parlay a total and a side is you think there's a correlation there and you're getting an extra mathematical benefit. Uh, I'm doing the same thing this weekend in this game, teasing the Bills and the Chiefs, again, partially because I can get the Bills through three and through seven, and I can get the Chiefs total um, through 51, 52. And if you do a seven-point teaser, if you really feel like it, through 55. Um, but the the bottom line here is that I just think there's a correlation with the market, not quite realizing just how good this Chiefs defense is, and in this case, just how good the Bills defense is. And so I, I think that there's this is going to be a little bit lower scoring game than people realize. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the under 48 and a half, the better of all the picks. But as I've been doing previously, this this teaser, you know, has been working. So so just kind of sharing my thoughts there for, for the viewer. Cousin Jared, what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, my thoughts are, really this kind of boils down to, to one thing for me. Uh, the Kansas City unders hit at a 55% clip last season. Uh, they have so far this season hit at a 66% uh, clip. Um, But more interestingly, Kansas City is second in the NFL um, for basically how much they've missed their uh, lines by. Their projected totals, their their average miss is seven and a half points under. Hmm. They are just tenths of a point behind another team who has gone even further under their projected totals. I will give you one guess as to who that other team is. I'm going to guess it's the Bills. <laughs> no, it's New England. Oh, uh, so that is the company that Kansas City is. Sorry, you should have given me two because we were playing the Bills. That was the the obvious oh, one, right? But oh. yes, the Patriots makes it since two. And, and it, we talked about the Patriots. Earlier. I just wanted to add one comment. It, it seems like Belichick is like going service academy offense, which is fitting with the Army-Navy game being in, uh, yeah. you know, in Foxborough this weekend where he's like, we're going to run 39 seconds off the play clock every single time. And we are going to really just minimize how many plays this game has because fewer plays and random variations. The only way we're going to win a football game. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, So new England and Kansas city are both uh, around seven and a half points uh, below uh, what the books have set. No other teams are, above five. Uh, so it is Kansas city and new England uh, down there by, by themselves. I think that you just cannot overstate the impact that Patrick Mahomes and in this game specifically, Josh Allen, uh, the effect that those names have on the total, like our books really, really good at their jobs. Yes. But there are sometimes in some of these really high profile sports, Lakers and basketball mm-hmm. uh, Yankees and baseball, name quarterbacks in the NFL, like sometimes they are just off a little bit just because of the name and the books knowing they will can set a line somewhere and they're still going to get action one way or the other. I think this is just too high for what we've seen from both of these teams this season. And right. I, I want to discuss a little bit here, something related to what you're talking about. And I don't want to get too in the weeds there are probably other shows who can do it better than we can that know the ins and outs. But one of the points about where you find value in different sports has to do with in which sports does the public have a say or not in which sports uh, are the limits high enough where there's just so much money 
ratioed wise and influence from, you know, because to, as much as we want to say the books don't care about the money and they just want to make the right line to some extent, they do have to keep an eye on. They cannot just yeah. claim we're making the right line and have 70, 30 splits because that's just a liability that their bosses are going to be a little bit concerned with. Right. And yeah. knowing about that money and everything and, and the ins and outs of that. And there's a whole science uh, or, you know, that, that people looked at that and, Right, we don't have to know all the ins and outs of that rather than we can just kind of observe it and just say, Well, it doesn't really matter why, it doesn't really matter if it has to do with the books knowing what people will do or knowing how much money or whatever. Right, mm -hmm. we just identify it and find the value and, and bet, the, bet the better side, right? That's gonna yeah. win six out of ten times or, or whatever it may be, right? In that situation, and yeah. um. So, so again, there are a lot of reasons potentially why, but, but this, whether it's the chief's offense getting too much respect or the chief's defense getting not enough respect, or in this case, I think it's probably a little bit of both uh, because the chief's offense is definitely taking a step back with Kelsey being the only weapon on offense. We've seen that. We've talked about that in the chief's mm -hmm. defense, stepping up um, in a big way and really making up for that and keeping the chiefs relevant in the AFC race, despite all those offensive struggles has been because the defense has really picked up a slack whenever the offense hasn't. Yep. And so uh, those, you know, combinations and what the books are looking at, all that's made for the perfect melting pot. The last two weeks, again, the Chiefs games have gone over by one score, but I don't really think that's enough to make us worry about yeah. this. I still think there's value in this under. And I still think people are sleeping on this Bills defense, which is really good. Um, obviously, the Bills offense is good, but they're going to be going up against a good defense as well. So some good defense that people are missing. Under 48 and a half, yeah. you can pick 48 being your key number. Yeah, and I mean, any any time that you can work, Ken Dorsey into the conversation. In my opinion, the mm. quarterback of the most talented college football team mm. of all time, the 2001 Miami Hurricanes, that had Clinton Portis, Willis McGahee, Frank Gore, Andre Johnson, Jeremy Shockey, Kellen Winslow, Bryant McKinney, Jerome McDougal, Vince Wilfork, Jonathan Vilma, DJ Williams, Philip Buchanan. And I are Ed going Reed, on some Mike defensive Rump, players. So, and Trell just said offensive, but. <laughs> well, no, sorry. I, I mean, just the most talented team of, just tells of all you. time. And I just went down the list of some yeah. of the NFL players. I wasn't even all the NFL players. And the thing yeah. is, you could go back a year before that and you have some, you have Santana Moss and uh, Reggie Wayne mm. on the team and you go like forward a year and you, you pick up some other, uh, like Sean Taylor. So anyway, just very talented team. Ken Dorsey, underrated, severely underrated. Mm. Mm. Um, Monday Night Football, Green Bay and New York. We do have a pick uh, for our people on Dub Club on the Sunday Night Game. So again, if you're interested in that, uh, make sure you're with us over there. Uh, but to the one of the two Monday night contests this is another week where we get two of them at the same time. Uh, Green Bay and the Giants. Green Bay, again, is talked about one of those teams that's up in that tier. They've looked really good lately. And, and I think maybe the way that they beat uh, the Lions was probably more about the Lions. But the fact that they beat them and, and of course, Kid City. And, and, and yeah, you get that there was, you know, uh, definitely a mispass interference at the end of that game. Uh, there was also kind of a terrible call the other way on the late hit on Mahomes. I mean, there were two really bad calls. I know the passing friends would have cost more yards, but even if you ignore that last drive, I mean, from what I saw, Green Bay looked like the better team. I mean, they looked really good. And so I don't think you can deny that the Giants aren't good. Um, the defense is still playing okay. We are still expecting DeVito to start, but Tyrod Taylor will be around and dressed up. Maybe he gets into some action or not. Mm -hmm. um, Green Bay's favored. They should be favored, but it's on the road. Laying points there, laying odds there, tough, taking the giant stuff. I think this is a really tough one to peg with regards to the side. I think the market has done a really good job of pricing it. 
from the side where I think they've missed is the total. The model projects 38.7. So we're going to go over 36. Uh, you know, 38 would be your, your key number here. Maybe even 37 would be a key number that could definitely happen with the right number of scoring. It's exactly 744, which is the most common NFL total. So mm-hmm. uh, 37, 38, your key numbers here going over 36 makes a lot of sense for a Giants team that randomly scores sometimes and a Green Bay team that <laughs> seems like they could score now on anybody. So why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, not that this game will get high scoring, but I think the books are overreacting uh, here on this total going too low. Weather seems fine. And so good weather. Let's go over 36 because Jared, what are your thoughts on this Monday night matchup? I don't know if the books have adjusted enough for these two teams as of uh, recent the uh, Green Bay has uh, gone over in three of their last four games. Uh, prior to that, they got under four in a row. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with Jordan Love finally starting mm-hmm. to kind of come into his own, starting to play really well. S- slash them letting him, right? I think it's a combination of both, yeah. right? It's a little bit of like taking the reins off, a little bit of him stepping up. And kind of, it's one of those like cyclical good things, right? Where it's like, he plays a little better. The coaches trust him a little bit more. He plays a little better. The coaches trust him a little bit more, right? And he's, it's yep. looked a whole different. It's been a whole different offense to watch from going back to, to early in the season. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I really like his development as of recent. Um, if I'm in the NFC, like that's definitely like one team that I would be concerned about uh, going into the playoffs. I, I think Green Bay could could get hot. And then, you know, however the, the seating plays out, going to Green Bay, never fun uh, in, in the playoffs if they ended up hosting a game. So uh, I don't think that they've quite caught up to how, how good Jordan Love has been playing as of recent. And, and the other thing I would say is that uh, <laughs> the Giants somehow managed to go under in eight straight games at one point in the middle of the season. Uh, they have since gone over in two of their three games. The one they didn't, their last one against the Patriots, which that's understandable based on what we have seen with, with the Patriots. Um, that is definitely a, it's, it's, it's a, not me, it's you situation. If mm-hmm. I'm Bill Belichick telling other teams about, you can't go over. It's, it's not me. It's, it's not you. It's me. Yeah. I'm keeping you from going over this total. Yeah. Um, I think also importantly that the giants had a buy coming into this game. All I'm asking giants coaching staff who did such a great job last season with the giants, in my opinion, and Daniel Jones scheme me up like one touchdown drive in the first quarter. You've had your buy. You've had plenty of time to prepare that first, that first drive, that scripted drive. Yes. That scripted drive. Yes. That's all I'm asking for. Give me some points out of that first scripted drive. And I think that we are set up for success in this game. Um, I, I do feel like, and of course, DeVito still starting coaches made the decision. It sounds like to continue, um, to have him start, even though Tyrod Taylor is probably going to be available for this game. I hope that means they've seen something with with him and that they have confidence that they can. I mean, I am of the opinion that, um, you know, Tyrod Taylor would be starting if they thought it gave him the best chance to win. And and so I think that they think DeVito has, gives them the best chance to win. Um, I think the growth of those young quarterbacks can be good. Again, I'm asking for like three points or a touchdown that first scripted drive, get off to a good foot and I like what I've seen from Green Bay enough the past few weeks to get us over uh, this number of 36. And and DeVito's been, in my opinion, serviceable. And I've been touting that from 
after the first week that he played that mm -hmm. the biggest issue I thought with DeVito was the coaches just being like, you're not going to throw it past the line of scrimmage and we're just going to run yeah. it 45 times. Right. But yeah. he's actually not been bad. Um, he, he's not good, but I mean, he, he's actually been better according to the model than, you know, Will Levis, uh, Aiden McConnell, Gardner Minshew, Desmond Ritter, obviously Bryce Young, yeah. uh, Mitch Trubisky, Billy Zappi, Mac Jones. I mean, there's there's a decent list of quarterbacks that the model is saying, like, he's been better than, and and he's still a below average quarterback. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but again, it's a um, a situation where he, he's been serviceable enough that you think he can put up some points. And that's, again, we're not asking him to get 40 points. We're just asking him to put up, you know, 14 or something, you know, 24, yep. 14 gets yep. us to 38. And yep. Uh, yep. I think you're right. I like, you know, your point there that, that maybe uh, the coaches have seen enough from him. And, and again, the model has uh, to let the, the reins off a little bit and say, he's, yep. you know, can be serviceable. Um, yep. And, and I have to assume Tyrod Taylor's on a one-year deal. A guy like him probably is. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you feel like you've got a decent, competent backup, um, it, it does behoove you to let him play and yeah. see what you got in him and, and see if he could be a young cheap backup for you. Uh, obviously Daniel Jones will be the guy uh, when yep. he comes back, but uh, you know, it makes sense if, if, if you like that to see what you got. And it seems like he's been again. Okay. A very serviceable backup. Yep. Uh, definitely better than a, than a bunch of quarterbacks in, in the league and not a guy that's going to lead you anywhere, but obviously Dan Danny Jones may not be the guy anyway. So yep. <laughs> I don't know if it really matters at that point. Um, but the reason, a viewer that you may be here, the reason that Cousin Jaren's here, Army and Navy, Saturday. Uh, uh -huh. um, first off, and, and we sent the projection out uh, for Dub Club. I, I had not indicated it was a neutral field, so the uh, probability is a little bit different uh, on that one. Uh, this game's been played in, in Foxborough, so it'll be uh, you know, a new place for both and travel for both. Um, the model projects you know, 40 points or something. And the total in this game is 27 and a half, 28, 28 and a half, depending on your book, shopping around and what sort of juice you might want to, you know, you're comfortable laying. Um, I think it's the biggest thing to start with because you're just the total that the model says 40. Mm -hmm. um, what are your thoughts on the total? I, you could not pay me to go over in this game. This has like 14 to 12, I don't know, makeup numbers. 16 to 13. I don't know. This, pie. this has, can someone yeah. score pie? <laughs> uh, it's possible. Uh, Iowa can. I, I don't know if these two teams it's can. True. But, it's true. Um, I, this, there, there's no way. Like, there is no way that this game goes over. And I, even Army specifically, like, Army experimented with a little bit more, I don't want to say wide open. I don't know what the right word is, but Army experimented mm -hmm. with a, a little bit of a different offense this season yeah. that might lend itself to scoring a few more points. Then they had the loss to UMass. And they were like, hey, you know what? Maybe we should just go back to doing what we've been really good at doing for such a long time. And I think after that loss to UMass, they didn't take a shot from, or they didn't take a snap from shotgun the rest of the season after that. That's my way of saying this is lining up to just be the regular Army Navy game. Army tried three, three the different, yards in a cloud of dust. Yes, Army tried something different, and after losing the UMass, they're like, "Nah, I'm good." So everybody's doing the same thing that they've been doing for the past handful of years, which has resulted in all of those scores that I just 
mentioned, you know, like 12 to 10. So, uh, yeah, not going over in this game. Uh, I, I, I know what sideline says. Um, sideline is very useful. I don't think it's useful for this army Navy game in regards to the total. And of course that UMass loss came the week after they got drubbed 62 to zip on the LSU and LSU defense. Yeah. That's taken. It's, it's looking yeah. of course. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, we expected army to be able to put up a few points. I don't think we thought they'd win, but put up a few points against the defense. And, and I watched part yeah. of that game, at least the first quarter showing they were trying to take some shotgun and, and they just couldn't get anything going. And, um, I, like you said, you, you could be forgive at that point for thinking that it's still an SEC defense and we stepped up right in, in weight class and whatnot. But yeah, the, the UMass thing was was a game changer. Then of course, going you know kind of back to the conventional standard, they beat Air Force, which again Air Force has just fallen off a cliff as of late. Yeah. Um, but that win allows them now if they win this game, they they you know win the Commander in Chief Trophy, of course, which is a big um, mm. a big deal. My concern for Army. Um, the next week they only beat Holy Cross 17 to 14, <laughs> but they came back ne the next week and, and beat Coastal Carolina 28, 21, a, a coastal team who's looked pretty good, even without Grace McCall. So um, two, okay. two better performances doing that. Um, and, and only the one kind of stinker. Um, what I will say about the total is there's a, we talk, we talk about the, the ins and outs of the modeling. There's a very good chance that, you know, the model needs, you know, doesn't, it doesn't have a specific variable, looking historically at these uh, academy these service academy games and you know it looks at the run percentage of a team and it looks at the number of plays running a game and those are relatively correlated right these two teams don't run a lot of plays mm -hmm. and then it looks at the quality of the players offensively and defensively to come up with a total and it could just be that with service academy games, it's just missing an extra like thing. And it does have an interaction effect on the, if one team plays slow and the other team plays slow it, it but yeah. you know, we're just, we're dealing with an area that doesn't have a ton of data. Yep. And I'm always leery of like, people will say, well, going back 20 years, I'm like, I just don't know if the data from 20 years ago is relevant to today. Right. It may be in these games, but again, we just have to be very careful. That's one of the things, one of the jobs of a statistician, one of the things I've been extensively trained in is trying to figure out when do we use data, what's signal and what's noise. And the answer to that question, nine times out of 10, when you think it's signal, it's not, it's noise. Hmm. And that's the hard part for people to understand. Is this one of the 10 that it is signal? I mean, probably there, there is something about this, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's something, you know, I want to look into, but it only affects three games a year. So it hasn't been like the highest thing on my priority list because there's so many right. things I want to add. Um, but yes, this is one where I would take the total and I'm not saying I would, I, I just, I don't think it means a lot. What I will say is this game absolutely could go over um, via a number of ways. Mm -hmm. One of them is overtime. Yep. This type of game could not have a lot of field goals. Could easily be seven seven going to overtime. And then yep. you're then you're going, oh my gosh, Lord Breath. I'm pretty sure we played the under in one of these service academy games in the last year and a half, and it only went over because of overtime. Yep. Um so I mean that's on the table. Because there might not be a lot of field goals, touchdowns make you have points faster, especially if you're you know, if you got 27 and a half, like this game could be 21 7. That'd be four scores. Like that is possible, yeah. right? Yep. Um you know, obviously this game could easily be 10 to seven. Yep. And that's the thing is it, it, if it's 10 to seven late, you're like, 
betting the total is just too risky of a proposition either way over or under for me because if it's 10-7 late, if the team that has seven kicks a field goal and it's 10-10, you're very nervous about the total on right, one if, right. you, if you went under. And, but you haven't got it one if you had the over either. So, yeah. uh, And you need that field goal to get you the overtime. Uh, all that to say, you know, this is one of the three games a year where I would take the total from the model and say, I don't know if it's going to help us. I don't really think I'm going to blindly play that. And we've talked about not blindly playing totals and football also because of, you know, the fact that a game plan can, can change week to week as, yep. as opposed to college basketball and baseball, where it, it is what it is. You don't typically change your game plan because you got three days to prep for college basketball. You just, you right. do what you're going to do. And you may try to tweak a few things, but it's not going to change that much. And baseball, there's no like, you know, there's no time. So there's no pace yeah. component, right? But football being a little bit of a different animal, weather, et cetera, we've talked about not blindly playing total. So we're not blindly playing this one. We're yeah. passing on the total. The side, Army at 60% to win. Cousin Jared, when I look at this game from the side standpoint, what I see are three not good units and one terrible unit. That's where the model sees the difference between these two teams and why Army's getting that extra 10% from a 50-50 game. Because these academy games, you should just start with 50-50 as your baseline and then adjust yeah, from there. But yeah. I mean, keep it close to 50-50 because these games, who the heck knows what's going to happen. But yep. the biggest change that the model seeing is Navy's offense is just not good. And nope. so my perspective would be lean army just be careful the price we're laying 60 percent the break even points minus 150 just don't want to be playing anything higher than that this one the line movement's going to be interesting if, if i think people are going to, want to play this game saturday mm. if if you're a college football better if you're a football better saturday you got some fcs teams but there's not many of them and how many of those have you watched how many of you know about people are going to say i've watched this team i know this team's and money's going to start coming in. But where is it going to come in? Is it going to go in one or the other? If people start backing Army, I feel like and that number gets out to minus 160, I think you just got to pass. I just don't think there should be any value on it. But if for whatever mm -hmm. reason people are like, who the heck knows coin toss game, and they start betting Navy, and you can get a minus 130, Army might be worth a look at a price like minus 130, minus, yep. minus 135, right? Yep. Uh, Army is clearly the better team um this season in my opinion and when you look at the teams that um navy had success against this season you see two types of teams you saw um they beat north texas and uab where basically navy was able to defeat them in a clash of styles uh mm -hmm. uab and north texas two of the faster teams more wide open offenses um you know not army is where I'm where I'm going yeah. with this. The other two teams that Navy beat this season was Charlotte and East Carolina, which I can guarantee you, Charlotte and East Carolina, much worse offense than than Army. Um, and so I, I just don't see anything from Navy this year. Again, this game 50-50, like very flip of the coin type thing, but I cannot in good conscience tell you with any real realistic from anything I've seen this year that, that Navy is going to win this game. Like army has been much better in almost every single facet of football this year than Navy has been. Yeah. And that of course, and I feel like I want to make sure I, I succinctly summarize what you just said there. Cause I want to, I don't want people to get the wrong idea. Basically I think what you're trying to say is, um, you know, 
sports are weird. Anything can happen. It's a, it's a, it's a service academy game. Anything can happen. So we, on the one hand, we can hold two thoughts in our, in the, in our brains at the same time. We are advanced enough beings to do that, to say, this is the type of game that can be a toss up. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I know one team is better than the other. And mm -hmm. so with that being said, mm -hmm. I don't want to lay too big of odds or a price because I know the toss up nature of these contests with these service academies when they get together on the field. But also knowing that Army's the better team, it just makes it where I, it's Army or pass type thing where right. I, I just can't be on Navy because while it's a coin toss setup, Army's just the better team. And so it's it's. I don't want people to think it's contradictory. It's just, we can kind of hold some different thoughts. And that's kind of why we, at this point would say, we don't have an official pick on this game. We would, say we would lean army, be thinking about the price. We don't want to pay too big of a price, but if we're playing it, it's army or pass is kind of the way we're, mm -hmm. going. So we're definitely passing on the total because 28 yep. is too low to go under, but it, it, yep. you just can't go over either. It's, it, it's, it's, you see these service Academy games and you think it's under a pass. Well, the model would say over a pass. Well, the intersection of that is pass, right? Yeah. Yep. And this one, you would say, don't play too big of odds any direction because I don't think anybody really saw army beating air force. That was such a surprise. Right. 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 What yeah. happens with these service academy games. So be careful with the odds you're laying, but that doesn't mean you always take plus odds because one team is better than the other. And it's a neutral field. So there's no home, home yep. field edge, of course. So, um, obviously if you're a transitive property person, you like army in this game reminder that doesn't, we're so really predictive. Yeah. No. That doesn't mean army won't win. It just means that's not really a good line of line of reasoning, unfortunately, as much as we would like it to be. Um, yep. But again, really the only way we would play this game is army. But again, looking for more like a minus 130, that's where I'm starting to get a little bit interested. Maybe minus 135 is the highest I would be thinking. And right now that number's not out there and the market will see if it gets available. Um, but again, as always, even though college football season is, winding down you can join us on dub club for all of the bowl picks and you can join us there for the remainder of the nfl picks there's that qr code for you again one last time cousin jared you made it through your first ever nfl show i did, feel? I, did. I, I do feel like um a sense of accomplishment and i also feel like a weight has been lifted off of my shoulders yeah, that, that seems fair all right yeah. well again as always more picks over on dub club get over there if you're not already lock in the current year pricing before it goes up come the new year otherwise though this weekend with all your football betting best of luck mm -hmm.